Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You know, when you looked at those little maps, they have this spaghetti thing. It goes all over here, goes to Alaska, it goes to Florida, it goes to whatever. And you look at it and you go like, okay, which one do you pick here? You know what that is? And nothing wrong with that. Do you know what that is? It's called speculation. And the next thing that comes over, it's going to speculate more. Can I tell you what I'm teaching is not speculation. It's revelation. It's the exact thing from God. When you watch the weather reporters tell you what kind of weather you're in store for tomorrow or for the next week, you understand that things won't be exactly like they say. What they're doing is making an educated guess based on their observations of the world around them. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, he'll be showing a contrast between the weather reporting and the prophecies in the Bible. You'll be learning that the basis for biblical prophecy is way more reliable than man's guesstimations. They're based on the knowledge of the all-knowing God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Unholy Trinity, The Tribulation, and God's Judgment. You absolutely have to have a Bible today. Here's why. I'm going to be mostly in the book of Revelation. You need to read it with me when I teach. So it's not hard to find. It's the last book in the Bible. So you don't have to hunt over for the, what chapter is this? Where is it? Book of Revelation. Please, everybody get it, because this has so much to do with you. Now, as you're getting that Bible, just turn to that book of Revelation. We'll be there in a moment. We're going to be talking about a lot of things that basically about spiritual warfare. Let me give you a little idea of what happened this morning already. Anybody know that Satan hates the word of God? Okay. Well, what Pastor Dave was sitting over here, and he saw this little teeny snake crawling up to come up and meet me today. I'm serious. We just took the snake out. Satan, you're defeated already. That's the first time ever in 27 years. Try again, baby. You're done with. Okay. Now, I want to show you something. See if any of you have seen this at all. (laughs) How many times did you look at it over the last five days? Oh, Pastor Mark, I only looked one time. Liar. Now, how did you react as you looked at that? Well... Here's what wise people do. We put up storm shutters. We filled our cars with gas. We bought food and water, batteries, 
Why did you do all that? Because you wanted to be ready, prepared for the storm that was coming. I want to compare the approaching Dorian hurricane to the approaching tribulation that's coming. That's exactly where we are. Isn't God amazing? He just woke me up on Saturday morning. You know, we got back Friday afternoon from Israel after 12 hours. And he woke me up on Saturday morning. Says, you got to apply this to what you're teaching. Okay, give me the idea. Well, he gave me the idea. So think about this. Why did God tell us in the Bible about the disastrous things we'll read, the elements during the tribulation? Well, see, Christians will never go into the tribulation. Because we're either going to be raptured or we're going to die and go right to heaven. So why in the world am I teaching this today? Why did God give it to us in the book of Revelation? Well, because he loves all people. And he wanted to make sure that Christ followers are ready to tell unbelievers who don't know anything about the tribulation and that it will affect them unless they come to salvation. Here's one other thing I want to talk about. You know, when you looked at those little maps, they have this spaghetti thing. It goes all over here, goes to Alaska, it goes to Florida, it goes to whatever. And you look at it, you go like, okay, which one do you pick here? You know what that is? And nothing wrong with that. Do you know what that is? It's called speculation. And the next thing that comes over, it's going to speculate more. Can I tell you what I'm teaching is not speculation. It's revelation. It's the exact thing from God. We don't have to doubt about our future. The only one that knows the future is God. So we need to be praying, as you already heard in our prayer time, pray for the Bahama people. A year ago, I was down there teaching in a conference, and I couldn't believe how many Christian churches there were in the Bahamas. Amazing. So we need to pray for them. They're our brothers and sisters. And when we were heading back to home from Israel, We had 56 people with us. You know what we prayed before we left? East, 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 east. Get off and just go right into the ocean. Don't affect anybody. Can we agree with that? Now, why did we have service? Well, when I came back, I knew the leadership had been already talking, and I got together with the leadership on Saturday morning. I said, look, if it's Monday, let's not do the service. But if it looks like Wednesday and that's what it is, we're going to come to church for one reason. Because many people's mind is on the storm. And there's no peace with that. Remember what God said in Philippians? Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. So I want you to leave with the peace of God in your heart. You know, a lot of churches close, and that's fine. That's their own decision and whatever. But God's blessed us. Thank you for being here. I know a ton of you are watching online. That's fine. But thank you for being just a stalwart as we study the word of God. Now, here's what happened. As you take a look at this verse, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica. It says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way for that day, which is the tribulation, will not come until the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, is revealed. Now look at the end of his life. The man doomed to destruction. You see, Paul said to the believers, the tribulation will not start until the Antichrist is revealed. And he hadn't been revealed. He still hasn't been revealed. Now remember, the Antichrist has lots of names. Man of sin, you know, all kinds of names. I'm not taking time to go through them. 
But here's what you have to understand. He is a man who is absolutely filled with Satan. He's filled with demons. He is run by Satan. He is running by his own mind and will. He is the Antichrist. Now, during the tribulation, the world will be ruled by the Antichrist, presiding over his evil government system. And later, if you want to, you can just look it up yourself. In Revelation 13, we have a clear picture of the Antichrist's plan. He has a unique plan, and it's a three-point plan. The Antichrist's plan for world domination. Let me just stop again. If you're a Christian, we're not here. We're already in heaven. You got it? But this is for the unbelievers, and we have to have a heart for them because they don't know what's coming. Now, one world government. How many governments do we have in the world now? Oh, my goodness. Every country. Every country. One world government. One world religion. How many religions do we have? Thousands, actually. And a one-world economic system. A one-world government, that's a new world order. And it will be managed by one man, filled with Satan, the Antichrist. A one-world religion, where the focus will be not on a religion, but a man, the Antichrist. And here's a big one. A one-world economic system. You know, when you come back from Israel, you have shekels. And you go to Europe, you know, euros, whatever. Here, it's a one-world economic system. In this world economy, no one can buy or sell anything unless they have the mark of the beast, basically on their hand or their forehead. Six, six, six. You will not be able to buy food. You will not be able to have treatment for medicine because you're going to see all the things that are going to happen. You can't sell anything. It's controlled totally by the Antichrist. Now, that will be Satan's final and ultimate attempt to make sure the world, with only one religion, will worship him. That's what his goal has been always. The world will be worshiping him, and he will think he has control over everything. Government, money, religion. But the deceiver himself will be deceived, and eventually, God will totally defeat him. Remember, we win because of God. Now, Satan will not be alone during the tribulation. And here's a big thing a lot of people don't understand. Satan is known as a deceiver, and he's always trying to counterfeit God in everything. Remember when God was using Moses with the plagues in Egypt? Remember all of that? The, the, the terrible plagues. What did Satan do? He got his wisdom men and used them to duplicate the same kind of miracles. But in the end, who won? God won. But see, there's going to be false all kind of things during the tribulation. People go, wow, that must be God. No, it isn't God. It's a deceiver. His name is Satan. Now, during the tribulation, there will be an unholy trinity. Satan isn't by himself. It's important you see this and be able to understand it. The unholy trinity is the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. 
Now, what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to counteract, basically, one thing, the Holy Trinity. So take a look at the Holy Trinity. That's who we are as believers. God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So look what he's trying to do. He's going to say the devil is going to be equal to God. Sorry, the devil is a created being. God's always been here. He's not equal to God. What is he going to do? The Antichrist. Anti means against or replace. During that seven years, what's the Antichrist going to do? Replace everything that Jesus did. Just get him out of the way. Last, the false prophet is going to try to retake the place of the Holy Spirit. What happens with us with the Holy Spirit? He directs us. He guides us. He leads us into all truth. Now, what is the false prophet going to do? Lead you into all lies. But you won't know it. You'll be deceived. Not you and I, but unbelievers. They'll be totally deceived by the miracles and all the other things that are happening. So when you see that, the Holy Trinity is characterized by truth and love and goodness. The unholy trinity is known as deception, hatred, and evil. Look at the dichotomy of that, the total difference. Now, one of the things that's going to happen during the seven-year tribulation is, at the first three and a half years, it's just called the tribulation. And overall, it's going to look like a real party. It's going to be the best thing people ever can see in the world. There's going to be peace in all the world. Do you see peace today in all the world? Anywhere? No, countries are always fighting, doing this and that and the other. We're always fighting. And just not America, all over the world that's happening. But he's going to bring peace and people are going to go, how could one man do that? Wow, he's fantastic. But see, there's a deception to all of this because it's not going to last. Now, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, here's a big deal he's going to do. He's going to make a seven-year covenant with the nation of Israel, and he's going to allow them to rebuild their temple. They don't have a temple today. And allow them to offer sacrifices. You remember in 70 AD, the last Jewish temple was destroyed by the Romans. If you go to Israel today, like I said, we just got back. I've been there 17 times. You talk to them and say, what are you doing about your sin? There's no temple so you can't offer sacrifices. They don't have an answer for it. Well, I'm sorry to tell you this, uh, but I'm, I'm joyful to tell you, Jesus Christ was our sacrifice, and he paid for all of our sins. But they don't believe in Jesus, so they have no way. So they're going to be ecstatic when the temple goes up again, and what you're going to see is they can start basically doing sacrifices again. Now, we were just on the Temple Mount where there's two Muslim mosques, how in the world is that temple going to be built? Well, when it's built, the Antichrist will have a solution for it. And the Jewish people are going to go, wow, that could never happen. Do you think it could happen today if somebody just starts building a Jewish temple on the mosque area, Muslims? No, we'd have the biggest war you've ever seen right there. So it's going to happen. But Jesus tells us, careful, because this is not a real plan. It's not going to hold up. And he warns us. Now, this is Jesus before he goes to the cross. See, he knows everything. Matthew 24, 15. So when you see standing in the holy place, the holy of holies in the Jewish temple, 
where only the high priest could go once a year, and he would offer sacrifices for all the Jewish people. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, Old Testament prophecy, let the reader understand. So the Antichrist will appear during that early uh, three and a half years, allowing them to build it, do their sacrifices. He will appear as a super friend. They're going to say, the Messiah has come. He allowed us to build a temple. Wow. But in the middle of that seven years, he will suddenly, 180 degrees, turn against the Jewish people. He will stop all the sacrifices. Let's just say this is the holies of holies in the new temple. Remember, only one person could go in a year. He will put an image of him in there. He'll be outside. He'll put his image in there. And here's what he's going to say. As you see that image, this is who you bow down to. It's just an image of me, but it means this. Everybody in the world, one world religion, will bow down and worship me because I am God. And the Jews are going to go, an image? He's God? We blew it again. We missed the real Jesus. And you'll see what happens. They were, what, deceived again. Now, why did they turn Jesus away? Remember what the Bible says? He came to his own, but his own said, sorry, you're not the Messiah. Why? Because they thought that when the real Messiah would come 2,000 years ago, that he would take authority of the earth and do what they needed him to do. And that would be to get rid of the Romans who were over them. And they'd be a free country to worship God as they wanted to. The idea was right. The timing was wrong. That's going to happen one day. So they didn't believe it. Now they were deceived again. And they realized this guy is not the real Messiah. So what you're going to see is this. Look at 2 Thessalonians 2.4. He, the Antichrist, who is supposed to be the man of peace, no battles anywhere in the world. Every government is all into one now. He rules it in their peace. He, the Antichrist, will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, how long did he want to be God? Ever since the Garden of Eden, as he came down to earth, basically in heaven, what did he say to some of the angels? I'm going to do better than God. I'm going to replace God. And the angels believed him, one third of them, and they fell to the earth as demons. And God kicked Satan out of heaven. He's still trying to be God all these thousands of years. Now he says, I've got it. I'm going to rule this world. Now, this is at the point where God in heaven says, time out, that's enough. I'm going to bring judgment on the world. Now, I'll explain that judgment a little bit. Here, you need to see this. This final abomination will bring desolation of the whole earth as God will now pour out his judgment and his wrath. Now, why is he doing that? I knew God was always an angry God. No, God's a just God. And man needs to understand, 
What we sow, we reap. And this is when it's going to happen. He's still trying during the tribulation to get people to come to Christ. But they don't realize what's going to happen if they do. But many will. So notice the next three and a half year period is called the great tribulation. As a Christian, we're not appointed to wrath because God forgave our sins. Unbelievers, yes, because they've always rejected God. You know this, some of your neighbors, relatives. Some of you have relatives. This is fairly common. You can come visit us at our house, but don't you mention anything about God. Not interested. Well, they're going to pay for that. And this is the time they're going to do that. Now, those who refuse to worship or are being identified with the Antichrist will suffer incredible persecution, Christians and Jews. But this is about the Jews who submitted to the Antichrist initially, and then they go, this is the wrong guy. This isn't him. Well, I want you to see what happens. Their eyes will be opened, and they will see that they've been deceived. And immediately, the Antichrist knows it, and he's going to start killing Jews, not friends anymore, killing them. And you're going to see that he will start killing Christians. And here is the warning from Jesus before any of this happened. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24. Just keep your finger in Revelation, Matthew 24. Remember, this is Jesus speaking. He knew what was coming. Matthew 24, first book in the New Testament. First book in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew 24, verse 16. Watch what he says. This is very important for you to see how God gracefully comes in and is going to save the Jewish people. Watch this. Then let those who are in Judea, Israel, flee to the mountains. Verse 17. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take anything out of the house. Verse 18. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. So this is a picture of God's grace. God is going to protect Israel from Satan by hiding them in the wilderness. And you'll see where in just a moment, because the persecution and the death will start right in Jerusalem. So he says to them, don't pack four suitcases. Get out of Dodge. Go. Go for your life. If you're in the field and you hear this happening, don't even go back and get anything. Just go with what you have. Get out of there because God wants to save you. Now, most scholars believe, we don't know for sure, we just know that they're going to escape and God's going to protect them. Many people believe it's going to be in Petra, which is in Jordan. We've taken a trip there before. And there's so many of these places where you could hide. And of course, it's quite a ways from Jerusalem. Now, it's a picture of God's grace. He's saying to the Jews, you're going to be persecuted. I'm going to protect you. And you'll see God's going to do more for the Jews in another way. He just says, the last three and a half years, you want to run because it isn't the Antichrist now. God's going to pour wrath on all the earth. And if you stay in that area, it's going to affect you. Thanks for joining Pastor Mark today on Lessons for Living. If you'd like to hear more from this study, you can find additional teachings online now at calvaryccm.com. We know that this time in our world is uncertain, but one truth remains steadfast. God is in control. During this season, we encourage you to spend time in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of your Creator. 
As with many churches across our nation, Pastor Mark and the Calvary Chapel Melbourne community are holding church online. The church isn't the building, it's the people who, despite whatever obstacles are in their way, still worship Jesus and praise His name. We'd love for you to join us. Visit calvaryccm.com forward slash live or join us over on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku. We'll be having services on Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. We look forward to worshiping with you in this way until we can be gathered together as the body once again. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we are constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying about for you? Let us know by visiting our contact page at calvaryccm.com. Would you do the same for us? Please keep Pastor Mark and our church staff in your prayers, along with our nation's leaders and those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying. That's all for today. Join us again for another edition of Lessons for Living. Hear your